Hello, hello. Welcome back to the One Day at a Time podcast with your host, me, Valerie Fong. Today, we are finally jumping into a topic that, truthfully, I have been avoiding for a while. We are finally talking about dating in your 20s and relationships and unpacking all this spicy, fun stuff. Honestly, I have been avoiding the topic because I think just dating and relationships, it covers such a wide span of different topics and areas, things we could really dive into that I just really didn't know where to start. (laughs) But summer is in full force right now. The weather is nice. People are fun and flirty. And the topic is becoming more and more prevalent, I will say, in conversations that I've been having with my friends lately, especially because a lot of my friends are like a year or two out of college. Timeline-wise, you're starting to see how a lot of these people or these couples deal with post-grad relationships because As you probably expect, college relationships are really different than those in the real world. You don't really have the convenience of location because most couples won't be walking distance from each other anymore or honestly, even driving distance. Some people have to fly to each other now. And also, the different partners might be settling into their post-grad lives in very different ways. Differences might have been really easily swept under the rug in college, but they're suddenly brought to light in the real world. And you really get to see how your partner is outside of a more controlled environment. Something else that is really different from college is how you meet these new people that you're dating. It's something that becomes quite difficult for some people out of college. It's not as easy or as normalized to see a cute stranger in class and approach them or meeting someone more organically through a club. I mean, in college, you're just so conveniently placed in social situations that it's just really easy and in the adult world. More often than not, you end up experiencing a lot more isolation or loneliness. These are the shades of the different conversations I've been having with my friends lately and have gotten my head spinning more and more about the topic of relationships and what constitutes a healthy relationship and a more unhealthy one. So today, I thought I would share some do's and don'ts of dating because the podcast is clearly the perfect forum for that. (laughs) Like many things I talk about on the podcast, I am not an expert by any means. All of these things I'm sharing are based purely off of the experiences of my friends and I. So feel free to take it with a grain of salt, but I'm very excited for this episode and I think you'll really like it too. Before we jump into it, if you've been enjoying the show so far, I'd really, really appreciate if you could leave a kind rating, a review, and follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening, because it really does help me grow our small but strong community. Thank you again for taking time out of your day to just spend some time with me. I'm just so excited to be sharing these stories with you. We'll be right back after this music break. Welcome, welcome back. So the way that I have structured today's episode on do's and don'ts of dating is blending the do's and don'ts so that similar themes are being introduced together. That being said, our first do is to be open-minded. 
And when I say be open-minded, I mean two things. The first thing is being open-minded in terms of how you introduce new people into your life. This means trying dating apps, being set up by friends, talking to the cute stranger in the library or in class, and generally just being open to letting life surprise you. I used to be one of those people who actively avoided dating apps because, of course, you want to be able to meet your partner in person and for it to feel organic and all. But I don't think this is the best approach to meet new people if you really feel like you are in a mindset or in a period of your life where you want to actively go on dates and meeting new people frequently, whether that be seriously or casually. In those cases, you really need to be proactive to some degree. I know, I know people are always saying, it'll come when it comes, or you'll meet them when you least expect it, which is often true. But if finding love is a race, how can you win if you never even start running? If you clearly want to be in a relationship now, you really aren't helping the universe in any way. Bring that special someone closer to you by doing absolutely nothing, right? (laughs) You could at least be a little proactive about the situation and start helping the universe by looking yourself. And proactivity doesn't necessarily mean go find yourself a matchmaker or anything dramatic like that. What I really mean is just taking small steps to position yourself closer to that ultimate goal. In the relationship context, it means putting yourself in situations where you can talk to new people more conveniently. You might be more conscious about the people around you in different social situations or become more confident in the way that you carry yourself or dressing nicer, which are things that tend to naturally attract people. Relating this theme of proactivity back to my initial story on dating apps and avoiding them, When I finally felt like I was in the right headspace to start dating people, this was also the first time I was ever trying out dating, I think the biggest thing that kind of set me into a really good groove was finally like pushing down this preconceived notion that I had about dating apps and being open-minded about how I was introducing new people into my life. And yeah, my senior year, I created my first ever Hinge profile. And I got really lucky because at the time, a lot of my friends were also freshly single from longer-term relationships. And all of us were kind of trying it out together, which was really fun. We all kind of just went into it with this mindset of we're young, it's fun, and even if it doesn't go anywhere, we'll learn a lot about ourselves just by talking to different people and going on these dates. Even though I didn't meet my current boyfriend on a dating app, I'm really, really glad I tried it because through this process of putting myself out there and talking to people, I learned a lot about myself, what I like and I don't like in a significant other. And I also got to meet and learn about some really cool people in the process. In some bigger than myself type of way, I think that it was this proactivity that somehow helped tell the universe (laughs) to bring me closer to finding my current partner. So I am grateful for those experiences. And I encourage you to be open-minded about the ways that you introduce people to your life too. 
The second thing that I mean by being open-minded is being open-minded about the kinds of people that you go on dates with. I think it's generally a really good thing to know what you like and don't like in a relationship, but especially when you're new to dating and putting yourself out there for the first time, being narrow-minded right off the bat and having this really long checklist of characteristics that you're looking for in a partner could actually be working against your favor and shut you out from maximizing that dating experience. Now, I don't mean abandon all of your standards and just try dating everyone and anyone. If they're outright incompatible with you and you know that, you shouldn't go on a date with them. What I do mean is if you have a checklist of things that you would like in a significant other, be open-minded about going on a date with someone who maybe checks off 75% to 80% of those boxes. Because trust me, finding someone who meets 100% is, dare I say, impossible because no one is perfect, including yourself. Even if you don't end up falling in love with this person, you might leave the date with something else, a newfound wisdom, a new perspective that you didn't previously consider. Maybe it helps you confirm or deny some type of assumption you had about what you like or don't like in relationships. Or maybe like me and Hinge, <laughs> you simply made a new friend, which is always awesome. Now, that leads us to our second do. Be upfront with what you want out of the relationship. Don't lead someone on if you're not feeling it. It is emotionally immature to treat someone else's feelings like hot potato or exploiting their vulnerability and naivety. Dating is a really vulnerable thing, even when it's just casual, because there are really delicate feelings and egos involved. And let's be honest, even so-called casual relationships are never really that casual because most humans don't like the idea of being treated as anything less than special, right? And I know, I know, sometimes we aren't sure what we want when we're first seeing someone or entering that beginning dating phase. But once you start to get to know someone, to understand the vibe, the dynamic you guys have, or lack thereof, you need to tell them. Don't string someone along if you aren't feeling it, because that would be a waste of your time and a waste of theirs. Also, save their feelings, because I know that you would be upset if someone was stringing you along as well. If you prolong it, more feelings will get involved and you'll end up hurting them, or vice versa. And if you're on the receiving end of this and you feel like you're being strung along, please have an open and honest conversation with your partner. It could be like as simple as, hey, this is the sense I'm getting from you right now. I just want to do a temperature check on how you're feeling. Communication is sexy, you guys. It's a sign of emotional maturity, security, and also a sign of a confident person. So yes, be communicative. <laughs> Date with intention, okay? If you're looking for something that's more casual, tell them that. If you're looking for something longer term, also tell them that. And if you're looking for something in between, then that's okay too. As long as you're being upfront, 
you avoid running the risk of someone getting really hurt at the end of this whole thing, whatever it might be. And that perfectly brings us to our third point and our first don't of today, which is don't play games. Listen, listen, guys, I totally understand the thrill of playing cat and mouse. I think that every relationship needs a little bit of uncertainty and like sexual tension at the beginning to create this cute, fun and flirty talking stage, you know? So yes, I am a big advocate for flirtatious tension in the talking stage. I love a good will they, won't they energy. But where I draw the line is when it starts making you feel like your time isn't being valued by the other person or vice versa. And what I mean by playing games is leading someone on intentionally when you're clearly not interested or things like waiting hours to text back because you're trying to give this false illusion that you're such a busy, unavailable social butterfly. (laughs) If you're interested in getting into a relationship with someone who is emotionally mature, which I hope you all are, they will value your time enough to be upfront with you or communicate their interest very clearly. No guessing games involved, and you won't need to question whether or not they like you or whether or not they have time for you. When someone is waiting days to text you back, you need to drop them because they clearly want you to think that they're busy or unavailable or uninterested. And at the end of the day, they're just wasting your time by stringing you along. In my public relations class way back when, I learned this really powerful rule of crisis communications that no message in itself is a message. The way that this translates in dating is let's not read too deeply into things. No reply in itself is a reply. If someone likes you, you will know. If they are playing games, I'm sorry, but they're just not that serious about pursuing this or just not that interested. The end. Someone's lack of reciprocation is not an invitation for you to convince them of your worth. And lastly, with this whole topic of playing games, guys, if you want to text someone, just text them. (laughs) And don't always be the one starting the conversation because relationships are a two-way effort. But if texting them first is the reason why your partner is pulling away, they are not looking for a relationship. And that's fine. You can move along. You can text someone who (laughs) will text you first, who will respond faster. Moving along to the fourth note for today, we're going back to a do. Do know your limits and trust your gut. Relationships aren't just about finding the right person. If you feel like you're not in the right headspace for a relationship, that you want to work on yourself more, or that something about the timing just doesn't feel right, please, please, please don't force yourself into anything. Don't rush yourself into anything. As overused and cliche as the saying goes, you can't truly learn to love another person until you learn to love yourself first. I think you really need to be able to love, trust, and believe yourself first and foremost before being able to comfortably let someone else into your life. Because in the case that you do, 
you're at a very vulnerable moment in your life. And because of that, you're more likely to be emotionally attached or reliant on your partner in an unhealthy way. You might be seeking validation from them or unable to bring your best self to the relationship. In my personal experience, I know that I have actively kind of avoided pursuing anything too serious when I knew I wasn't ready for it. In my sophomore and junior years of college, I had dealt with something that was really emotionally tumultuous in my personal life. And because of that, I knew if I were to date someone, it wouldn't be for the right reasons necessarily. I was also really busy with being really head down in the books, building my own brand and defining a career that I would enjoy, things that I was really consumed by in the moment and that were really important to me. Yeah, there was a crush here or there, and who knows what would have happened if the right person came along, but for the vow of that moment, I'm really glad that I ultimately had the self-awareness to set boundaries up and protect my heart while I was working on myself, and that I recognized I was in the wrong headspace to focus on anything besides myself, my friends, and my family. I know for some people, they might subconsciously get into one relationship after the other as a means of validating themselves. And for those people, this one is for you, Although someone else might make you feel better in the moment, you also need to be able to confront and tackle the root of what might be making you continually seek validation or feel insecure in the first place. And yes, a good partner and a healthy relationship can enhance your life and personal perception in many ways. But if you're entering a relationship on the basis of this other person making you feel awesome all the time, but you aren't able to feel awesome on your own, you run the risk of getting really hurt if things go wrong. And you'll start associating your self-worth to how other people perceive you or welcome you into their lives. That is a recipe for a spiral. And we are too smart, too hot, and too cool to do that. So, Before any of you get into a relationship, remember to be honest and ask yourselves, am I in the right emotional state to love someone else right now? This brings us to our next point, which is a do. Do go at your own pace. Your relationship is yours and your partner's only. Don't compare it to that of your friends and start benchmarking your relationship against theirs. There is no normal timeline or standardized set of expectations that a relationship needs to follow. Everyone has their own preferences and their own timelines for the progression of a relationship, and you have to trust that yours will naturally fall into place and work out for you. In the beginning of my own relationship, I remember feeling like, wow, things aren't moving super quickly compared to what I'm seeing in my friends' relationships. And it made me question all the time if I was doing something wrong, which isn't the case at all. It was actually because my partner and I took things slower at the beginning that we were ultimately able to really get to know each other and each other's friends and lifestyles and cement that we were sustainable together before jumping into anything more serious. 
That said, I also know plenty of really happy people who enjoy a faster progression where it's really hot and heavy at the beginning and it works perfectly fine for them. I also know people who are one year into a relationship and still haven't met each other's families. It's completely different for everyone and there's no right or wrong to how fast you should be moving. Be smart, use your best intuition, and trust your gut. Also, again, be as open and communicative as possible with your partner. On the topic of not comparing ourselves to others, we are brought to point number six. Don't let others control the way that you feel about your relationship. And what I mean by this is don't take every little thing that external parties are telling you about your relationship as truth. Remember that you and your partner know your relationship better than anyone else. And at the end of the day, your relationship is yours. It is unique and people will always have opinions about what is good or bad, what is right or wrong. And I think it's valuable to hear the opinions of those around you, especially because they care about you and they want the best for you, hopefully. (laughs) But they more likely than not don't know the full story. They don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And there's also this chance that they might be projecting their own values and preferences onto your relationship as well. They're coming to conclusions strictly off of what they are perceiving from what they see of you and your partner or what they're hearing about your relationship from you. And that often leads room for misinterpretation or certain opinions based off of a very shallow understanding of you and your partner's dynamic. If you feel happy, safe, loved, and like you're not being taken advantage of, that's all that really matters. Don't let the opinions of others influence you negatively, okay? And I know it's so much easier said than done. (laughs) I Honestly, all of this is easier said than done. But the main idea unifying a lot of these points is that finding and building a healthy relationship requires a lot of introspection and that you are ultimately in charge of making decisions that can bring you closer to building the best and most ideal relationship for you. One that is sustainable and that you can be happy and thrive in. There will always be external forces that will give you conflicting perspectives and pull you all which ways, but it is ultimately up to you to figure out what feels right or wrong, what feels good or bad, and the best thing that you can do is look within yourself, be honest with what you value, evaluate whether or not those needs are being met, and continue practicing open and honest communication throughout the process. And this ramble of mine leads us to our final point, which is don't settle. This is going to be a controversial one. Trust me when I say I see this in my friends' relationships so frequently. There might be a situation where one of the partners wasn't initially super attracted to the other, but after some wearing down, they might give the other person a chance And everything is good and sweet and whatever for the first few months because it's just not that serious or not that deep just yet. But then a year passes and there are still hesitations. Then three years, then four and five. And suddenly they're stuck with this really big dilemma of either needing to break it off and starting clean slate or following through but having to live with this feeling of 
what if or this feeling that they have settled forever. When you're in any kind of relationship, but especially the ones where you're settling, you often find yourself asking this question, this what if. What if I was single? Could I be seeing someone better, taller, cooler, more compatible with me? Someone who is more in line with my checklist? What if? And the question of what if comes up in any relationship, but I think the natural and healthy way to resolve it usually is being able to say, yes, there might be someone else out there, but the grass is always going to be greener on the other side. And right now I'm obsessed with you and I can't imagine spending all my time with anyone else. But for the couples where one person has settled, that person is really going to let those what-ifs simmer. And that's generally unhealthy. It may feel like they're holding some kind of deep, dark secret or a shadow in their relationship that they're concealing something. And in those cases, one partner also clearly has more power in the relationship than the other, which leads to questionable power dynamics throughout the course of their relationship. Meanwhile, the more time that passes, the bigger that this person's feelings or obligation to their partner become. They feel like they owe their partner something. What I'm trying to say is you really don't want to be in this kind of situation. And to avoid it, you really need to practice being honest with yourself. Listen, someone could be perfect on paper, treat you really well, be really great with you. But if you never felt even a slight bit of chemistry or grew to develop that chemistry with them, you'll never feel satisfied in your relationship. For example, before my current relationship, I had been seeing a boy who I thought was great on paper. He had treated me awesome, was exactly the kind of guy that your mom and dad would love. But after a few dates, I just knew I wasn't feeling it. So instead of continuing with it, just settling for these mild feelings that I kind of had, I stopped. Because I knew that if I kept going with it, that I would be wasting both of our times and that at the end of the day, it wouldn't be a sustainable relationship because I'd probably feel like something was missing, some degree of physical, emotional, or intellectual attraction in some kind of way. And I totally get that relationships take work. Some people say chemistry is overrated. I totally see their perspective. But I do think that you need a certain degree of initial physical, emotional, or intellectual attraction in order to feel truly connected to someone. And oftentimes, you'll see that one or another of those factors is missing in relationships where one partner settled. So again, if you aren't feeling it, Trust your gut and don't get yourself involved in something that you're anything less than 90% sure of. Value your own time and energy enough to know that the right person, someone who you are truly obsessed with and will truly be obsessed with you, will come along eventually. And with that theme, the second part of this whole don't settle spiel will be don't change yourself for anyone else especially at the beginning of a relationship, 
Because if someone else doesn't like you for you in the dating stages, how do you expect that to change over time when you actually get into a relationship with them? I think it's really easy when you're dating casually, you morph yourself into the versions that you think these people will like best, right? Because, of course, we all want to be desired, we all want to feel wanted, and we want to be liked by others. But don't force yourself into something that you aren't. Because if you do it, you might be compromising your own comfortability, your own values, and your own habits. The other side of the coin of not changing yourself for someone else you're seeing is that you shouldn't expect someone else to change for you. Listen, I do believe that later on in a relationship, partners will willingly change and adapt for each other. That's a normal and healthy thing to do. Maybe one partner has this really strange habit that the other partner doesn't like, so they'll make a comment about it and You know, those are little changes that people can make and they will willingly make if they are in love with someone else. But if you're already thinking about changing someone or changing yourself at the beginning of a relationship, that's just not the right fit for you. (laughs) And that's okay because there will be someone out there in the 8 billion people in the world or maybe even the few hundred thousand in your hometown who might fit you better. And that's a wrap, guys. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to my little show. I am really grateful for all your support. And if you feel like you have a friend who might relate to this in any kind of way, please share it with them. If you enjoyed this episode, again, please leave a kind rating, review, follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And I promise I'll talk to you very soon. Bye!